0: So the general idea was um I wanted to do a podcast. Ben Target uh, originally uh, suggested it. He said, Do a podcast where you talk to other comedians about addiction and I was like, Oh, we do do we really need another podcast like comedian talking to comedian. Um but so they've been wasn't your idea? It was Ben's. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we all take from each other. Uh, but Ben told me to do it and um yeah, it's been really illuminating so far, and this was the first one we recorded. We're hopefully going to do them monthly and see if people enjoy them. If they don't, then uh, then we'll stop. We'll, we will stop. So uh, we'll, yeah, see how it goes. See if you enjoy this one. If you do not, then do not tell me. Then and fuck off. Yeah, then fuck off, sucker! Okay. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> Podcast. So I'm sitting around the corner from Bar Italia with comedian Chris Dangerfield, talking about his weekend exploits. But you
1: know that blonde that was sitting there the other night? Yeah. Well, you probably can't, but I was sitting there and there was a few girls sitting there, well pissed. She took my number, oh, she's phoned
0: me. We're having a discussion about being filthy, junkie bastards.
1: You know what, it's a weird one because I don't like telling people who are struggling with drug addiction how I feel about drug addiction because I don't think it's very helpful.
0: Over the years, Chris and I exchanged Facebook messages. He's a veteran drug user, so when I was slipping into full-blown addiction, I'd seek his counsel. I even messaged him to see if he knew anyone who could get hold of fentanyl. He didn't.
1: I don't believe in addiction, but isn't it weird? The first thing I said to you was go to meetings. Um, I believe in a a superficial addiction at the level of the body. If you take opiates for a certain amount of time, your body is going to absorb them into its regular metabolism. Remove the opiates, you're going to fucking know about it. Same with alcohol. Same with benzos.
0: Yeah,
1: I would. You know, I describe that as addiction. I also do believe in compulsive use of drugs against not against your will, but against your better judgment. You know. You, you're halfway through a detox and you think oh fuck it I'm going to have some it's not that bad, you've got like a flu yeah, yeah. but it's fucked your life like, you lost your missus, your kids you know, I've seen all that, you've got AIDS and still you're like born but I do believe it's a choice I think it's a choice to use drugs, whatever your situation, wherever you come from That fi- in that final instance when you're like I'm going to use I think you've made a decision to do that
0: Chris believes we're in control of our addictive tendency so for me when drugs were off the table I got addicted to having a bath to fruit, to walking even to glittery hall stickers Chris thinks I have willpower and that willpower, if utilised properly will compel me to put down the hall stickers
1: Well, I'd suggest what you're doing is I mean, you hear that um, addiction is self-medication I mean, I think that kind of puts a barrier to any further investigation because what i think is really happening is you're disassociating and you'll do that through indulgence you know it gives you a way of stepping away from yourself stepping away from your feelings so you can you can do something and and, and disassociate from your feelings I, i think that kind of behavior which we could loosely call addiction comes from for me, it all comes down to love, really, and also and an the way the way we engage with love. And for me, addiction is an inability to be self-intimate and be intimate with others.
0: Next, we move on to the big topic of big mums.
1: So, so what you've got there is. You're, you're meant to learn from your mother about boundaries about 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 things like intimacy but you it's been pathological it's been slightly wrong yeah so, yeah so you've now got a pathological relationship of intimacy
0: yeah you know
1: and and I have too weirdly for the other way round I mean my mum lovely but emotionally unavailable yeah completely daughter of two alcoholics grew up in pubs both her sisters alcoholic. she's an alcoholic I don't
0: yeah
1: I've never had I love you from my mum, I've never had I'm proud of you, I've never had what are you doing. Literally, those three questions have never happened. You know, got two degrees, master's degrees, overachieved, had a master's degree at 24. I can't remember once my mother going, tell me what your degree's about, what are you doing at uni?
0: I talk about my mum, who's a wonderful mother, but she infiltrates every aspect of my life.
1: No, it is wrong, it is wrong. Yeah, I think yeah. you should own that, it's damaging. And the intent on your mother is not to damage you. No, no, uh, you know at all. And, and also in my case, I don't blame anyone else for my drug use. No, no problem. To an extent, we're all spending our lives dealing with the damage our parents done to us. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, Philip
1: Larkin. Yeah. Thing.
0: They fuck you up, your mum and dad. A line from This Be The Verse by Philip Larkin.
1: No, I mean I remember reading when I was about 14 and not quite understanding it. I think it was something in something like The Observer, and I was only like a kid, and it was it was telling this story about this um, this writer. Yeah. Help yourself if you want something. And he said, um, I can't remember even who the writer was, but what stuck me with me was the opening line where it said, "So and so the writer, so and so." Was one of those fortunate for- one of those people fortunate enough to have no parents and as a 14 year old i was like what, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know my dad died when i was 16 and the changes that I had on my life and it sounds strange though weren't all negative you know so i, I kind of get that because they are a a, a demanding and largely damaging influence we
0: start to discuss how drugs can masquerade deep in the turmoil.
1: I mean, one of the things that was said to me once, uh, again, when, when you've got yourself in trouble with drugs, and then you quickly realise, as you've already kind of uh, hinted at, you quickly realise that they're not your problem, they're your solution. So when you take them away, it's like, well, what are the issues? And, old oh, man, do they start coming at you?
0: But Chris, being the home dog that he is, gets distracted by a waitress that catches his eye.
1: This is your... Oh, that's mine, thank you. Yep, thank you, Darwin. Nice to see you again. Looking wonderful. <laughs> um, they said to me once, they said... They said, um... They said, your. Your. Because I ended up at home with my... Um, I'm so bad, (laughs) i child. I mean, that's another drug with me, women, you know. That was never... never, uh, Last three times I got clean, I got clean in a brothel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no accident. And the minute I am walking, because, you know, four or five weeks, I can't leave that room. I'm fucking. I'm gone from drug addiction to sex addiction. You know, I am four or five a day, seriously, for five weeks.
0: And then big fucking mums.
1: I ended up living back at my mother's for years. A therapist said to me once, you do realize that your mum is a terrible colluder. You know, she's an enabler because she's got something to benefit from your using. And I was like, mate, she puts up with the old bill, dramas with gangsters and all that. They went, yeah, but what else is she doing? You know, there's no old man. Your brother lives away." Your addiction gets you sitting on that sofa with her twenty-four seven. So she want, she wanted pajama. Yeah. There, there's an unconscious so they call it um, covert incest, yeah. where you end up replacing the male role model in the family. I
0: didn't a name. Yeah.
1: And you know, it took me a while to sort of get my head around that. And you know, my mum, don't get me wrong, done everything she could to get me clean. But she also weirdly unconsciously done quite a lot to keep me using. She washed my clothes, she fed me, she kept my bedroom clean, didn't ask for any rent, scored for me, gave me money for drugs, yeah, yeah, and she yeah. had none herself, and, and it's like, they said to me, "I said, why is an addict going to get clean when the situation they're in is just perfect, yeah, yeah, exactly. all I had to do was wake up, and the food was there, house,
0: I start talking about when my girlfriend and I lived with my mum and dad for a year and a half and the combustible dynamic between us. And it's weird.
1: It's interesting you say that because, you know, they say that addiction is a family disease. It tears families apart. I mean, look how long your addiction lasted and how... I'm not I'm not being I'm not taking anything away from it. A kind of low grade to a certain extent. Oh yeah, yeah. And already the damage yeah. it was doing
0: like yeah, in yeah, that sort of yeah.
1: situation.
0: Yeah, mine was I mean I mean really I've had problems yeah. when drinking drugs for for like, since sure, what I'd say
1: about, since I was 16. So, but yeah, like, it's only been the only last four and a half years that it's really kind of, you know. I, know. I, did, I forgot, I didn't realise it had been going on that long.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. I'm a notoriously bad eater. Bolognese down my vest, etc. So my decision to eat with chopsticks is a bad call.
1: I'll oh, yeah. <laughs> your yeah, technique. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I never use chopsticks. Oh God, I'll get you a fork if you want. No, it's all right. I'll, 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 I'll... It ain't easy, it's very sloppy. My t-shirt will be covered in this suit before I finish. So that's where I am with addiction. Um, I think it's a choice. I I think that programs like NA will get you clean and keep help keep you clean, but I also think they've got some negative sides. What are the negatives? I think they I think it's a kind of a victim mentality. They
0: take responsibility away from you, like yeah. don't they? You know, yeah. don't they, I've no so they sort of make you feel as if like oh I'm not responsible yeah. for actions which will you give themselves the you know
1: they allow themselves to cause provocate. Yeah. Well for a start the disease model yeah. you've got a disease it's and helped. that's yeah. where I'm like no, no you haven't. You're making choices. And the reason you know, I've said that to people, and they say, like, yeah, but why would I make a choice that would mean I'd lose my kids? And I'm like, because you're selfish. That's why.
0: And Chris starts to share his thoughts on that network of support you get from AA and its affiliated bodies.
1: And I think that's why it works very well in the early days. And what I really like about NA is the fellowship. People who've been through this, they've been through drug addiction, they've fucked their families over, they've been in prison, they've done all that. And you can talk to them and that's really helpful. I've yeah, made yeah, some yeah. really good friends for NA.
0: We then talk about NA meetings as an arena for performance.
1: Well, you can imagine mine. Mine was gonna be the best five-minute set you yeah, ever yeah, heard.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, you know, yeah. and
1: if they were cracking up, I'd finish and I'd be like, yeah, I think I entertained the room.
0: I once had an argument with a comic who thought using the rooms as an opportunity to perform is disrespectful. But I believe using humour as a way to deflect from your baseline emotion is human. It's a coping strategy. And it's a vital part of connecting with people so that comic can go fuck herself.
1: In my experience though, you know, if you get clean in NA, you will almost certainly start using again when you stop going. Yeah, yeah. But I don't believe that it's uh, progressive. You hear that addiction is a progressive thing. You stop using it, it's still working, and next time you use, it's going to be bigger and harder. Yeah, no,
0: I don't believe that,
1: I don't believe that. That's not my experience, you know. I was certainly using a fuck lot more drugs when I was younger than I ever have in the last 10 years. I mean, you know, sometimes I really make my peace with it. This is who you are, these are the issues you've got. Occasionally, you make bad decisions, but then, you know, someone, a, a bunch of my peers going out for the weekend and drinking a bottle of wine having a couple of lines isn't the best decision, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. their, their Saturday is pretty ropey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, yeah. as humans we're not perfect and we do yeah. want to damage and we do want to live and our bodies are kind yeah. of there for that as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, you, you, know, need, you need to have that kind of adversity yeah. to well, that
1: noxious system as well. Only it? lunatics leave the plastic covering on their sofa for the life of the sofa, mm-hmm. you know. A certain amount of damage is part of life. We are decaying, so,
0: you know. You know that bean stain on your sofa? Make your peace with it. Life's an endless bean stain. Or shit stain. Because I sometimes shit myself when I was going through withdrawal. But we'll save that for the next one. Now here's a grunt. (laughs)